What's up? Hey! Welcome back to the Blues Library Podcast. I'm Ashley, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Lexi. Hello. And today we're going to talk about a great book. Ugh, just the whole series is great. Um, So the book is the play. It is the third book in the Briar U series, which is the same universe as Off Campus by L. Kennedy. Oh, fucking love both of these series. Um, So spoiler and trigger warnings. Spoiler warning. So we've both finished the series, so we're probably... We might spoil some things, but I mean, it's about different couples, so I guess Mm -hmm. it's not too much. But if you have not read this book, we do talk about all of it. You will get the ending, so go ahead and either read it first or just go um, watch another episode or listen, I guess, to another episode. Um, Trigger warning, there is narcissistic personality disorder, cheating, and um, suicide talks of and an attempt at the end um, of suicide, and if you or anybody you know are um, going through that, go ahead and call 800-273-8255 um, and talk, or, you know, if you're not comfortable with that, you can feel free to message us. We're here. We're willing to talk with anybody, so. And that phone number is, you can call, text, whatever you need. I apologize. Um, I didn't know that. You can, yeah. Okay. Um, I had to learn that for my, like, we had to do it suicide training for pharmacy which good is which depressing. is which is what but it's good yes it's very good so then you know especially like with medications and stuff oh yeah um okay on to the synopsis i'm yeah. actually really proud because it's relatively short but i cut out a lot of information so lexi as always just interrupt if i forget something okay. important and okay. she she wrote it all by herself yeah i'm doing pretty proud good today, of her guys. <laughs> I okay. I didn't do the reread of this book and I remember just bits and pieces of it so I don't know if I'll remember everything because I'm That's not fine. I liked this book but I don't after I read the very last one the last one I think became my other than Jake and Brenna's became probably my favorite book in the series so I think I kind of just forgot about this one <laughs> I know it sounds bad I love both of them they're both great but <laughs> I feel okay so, Hunter is now the captain for Briar's Hawker team. Wow. Hawker? We're mixing. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, I guess you're pl- you're playing soccer with sticks. True. True. So. Okay. <laughs> Hunter is now the captain for Briar's hockey team, and he has about... Oh, my God. Do you want me to read it? <laughs> no, I got this. Maybe I should do, like, some warm-up exercises, because this is tragic. Just start doing vocal exercises. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Hunter is now the captain for Briar's hockey team, and he has made a vow of celibacy because last season he slept with one of the opposing team's girlfriends, and they ended up losing a really important game, and he blames himself for he that. He also got his wrist broken. Yes. It was a huge fight. Um, Demi Davis is a pre-med student with a boyfriend, Nico, that she's been dating for eight years. Gross. Demi and Hunter get paired together to work on a semester-long project in their abnormal psychology class. Demi and Hunter end up forming a friendship while working on this project. One night at a party, Hunter sees Nico leaving a bedroom where he was alone with a girl and he is zipping up his pants as he leaves. Hunter has a really hard time deciding if he should tell Demi what happened, but when they're on their way back from Boston after she visited her parents and he went to a Bruins game, he decides to tell her. Demi gets upset and doesn't believe Hunter, telling him that he's just stirring up trouble. When Demi confronts Nico, he has an explanation, but she still can't really get it out of his head, out of her head. 
When Hunter comes over to do another session for their project, he ends up revealing that his father was a narcissist and he caught his dad having an affair with his secretary. And when Hunter told his mom, his mom told him that he was making trouble and not to get involved in adult situations. After this revelation, Hunter leaves, leaving Demi to sort through what he has said. One of Demi's friends is having a housewarming party and Demi's phone ends up dying. She goes to use Nico's phone and his phone is already connected to the Wi-Fi that was set up a couple of days after Nico's work had him and his co-workers move her in. This triggers to Demi that he did cheat on her with her friend and her friend confirms it while Nico lies to try to maintain his innocence. Demi and Nico break up and Nico takes it really badly. Hunter helps Demi through the breakup. When Thanksgiving comes, Demi goes home and tells her parents what happened, begging them not to have Christmas with the Delgados, which is Nico's family, because it would hurt her, but her parents are still firmly Team Nico. I know. After Thanksgiving, Demi decides she wants to get back into the game of romance, so Hunter helps her download and create a profile on Tinder. The date goes hilariously bad, but so Hunter and Demi just hang out at the bar after the guy leaves. When it's time to go, they get in Hunter's car and Demi starts playing music, but her phone flies out of her hand and it goes down by Hunter's feet. She tries to grab it, but her earring gets stuck on his jeans and she can't get up. And that's when they're pulled over. (laughs) It's so, so funny. Okay, they get put in the drunk tank, and Hunter calls Coach Jensen to come get them out, which he does, and they are able to go home. Demi decides she wants her rebound to be with Hunter, but he wants to stick with his vow of celibacy. They end up making out a few times, and one night, her friends convince her to basically drive him crazy with jealousy so that he will get past his mental barrier, because he wants her, but he doesn't trust himself not to prioritize correctly. Demi starts flirting with Connor, and Hunter leaves to go to the bathroom, and when he's done, Demi and Connor hatch a plan to make him jealous. It takes a while, but Hunter finally says enough and takes her back to his place where they smash, and it's bomb. I just want to say really quick, I fucking, fucking, fucking love Connor so fucking much. I'm so excited for the next book because, oh my god, I fucking love him. So they kind of start a situationship, but when Christmas break, but then Christmas break comes, Demi's parents decided that Demi needs to get over having Nico at Christmas, and there is sort of a moment when Nico realizes that he and Demi really are over. After Christmas, Demi's dad has lunch with Hunter and Demi, and her dad hates Hunter. Later, Demi is hanging out with her friends, and her friend TJ shows her a picture of Hunter kissing someone else that was posted on Instagram. Demi kind of freaks, but they find out that it's an old picture. Demi still wants to talk to Hunter and kind of tell him where her head is at because they still haven't defined the relationship. When she tells Hunter what's happened, Hunter tells her that they are together, and he tells people that she is his girlfriend. He also tells her that he loves her. After a couple of days, Demi goes to Boston to tell her parents that her and Hunter are dating and that she doesn't want to go to med school, but she wants to be a psychologist. Her parents don't react well at all, honestly, but Demi stands up for herself and then goes back to Briar. While she's getting ready to go to Hunter's game, she gets a phone call from TJ and he is on top of one of the dorm buildings threatening to jump off. Before the game, Hunter gets a call from Garrett and he's with his agent, basically saying unofficially that his agent wants to work with Hunter to go pro after he graduates. 
Demi's dad goes to the game to confront Hunter about forcing Demi to change her career plans, but they're interrupted by one of the teammates telling them that Demi is on top of the dorm building with TJ, and it looks like someone is going to jump off. Demi's dad and Hunter rush to the, do- rush to the dorm, where they see Demi talking to TJ. Demi's able to talk to TJ and get him to come down without hurting himself, but Demi is really shaken up. She makes Hunter go back to his game, and she goes home. This ordeal has also shown Demi's dad that Demi would be an outstanding psychologist. Demi tells Hunter that she loves him, and it's really sweet, and it happens in a really funny way. Um, In the epilogue, they find out that Hollis and Rupi eloped and decided to travel the world for a year. (laughs) And it's really funny. (laughs) Hollis and Rupi together are just so fucking amazing. They're hilarious. Anyway, that's the end. (laughs) Yay! Lexi, what did you do for your makeup look today? Okay, everybody, just actually, I read one, well, okay, I read, I skimmed a chapter and a half, um, because there was only one note in my book from the first time I read the series, and it was about the scene where her earring gets stuck (laughs) on its jeans. (laughs) So I, because I chose not to reread this, decided, you know what, I... I'm going to do red and blue for the police car because they got arrested. Why not? So Ashley helped me um, better the look than just plain red and blue because I've done that so many times. Um, (laughs) So I put I packed on uh, blue and red on each of my eyelids and then like blended it out so it kind of looks like the light shining and then on the eye that's blue I have my eyebrow red and then on the eye that's red my eyebrow is blue love it I wish I could wear this every day that's all I it looks say. really fucking good guys I totally pull it off too and I'm so happy about it all right anyways absolutely <laughs> now that I'm done hyping myself up <laughs> what did you do and oh my god you're I love your looks <laughs> it took Forever, okay? I had so much eyeliner. It looks so fucking good, look. though. So, in I didn't mention it in the synopsis, but after Demi and Nico break up, she's throwing his shit out the window, and he's like, don't throw my PlayStation! <laughs> so she comes down with his PlayStation, and is, like, yelling at him and throwing everything on the ground, and breaks his PlayStation and the controllers. So, I love it. I think it's hilarious, even though it's destruction of property, but... Moving he deserved on. it. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> um, I did like a neutral eye on one of my eyes, and then with eyeliner, I lined my eye and then kind of made it into like a PlayStation cord that goes like a PlayStation controller. Um, my boyfriend has thus informed me that almost nobody has a cord for their PlayStation controllers, but that's what we went with. So, um, okay, and then on my other eye. We didn't mention this either. Pablo Escobar. <laughs> so the team wants to get a pig, but the coach is like, we're not getting a goddamn pig. You guys can take care of this egg. And if this egg survives this season, then I'll see about getting you a pig. So I put like an egg on my eye and I did a little face on him and he has like a little pig nose. Um, and then the mouth looks kind of like a signature because that's what it's like in the book the coach signed it and like he's like you have to give me back this exact egg can i just say honestly it's funny these these men who can hardly take care of themselves like being so obsessed with the health of this fucking egg was the (laughs) best part of this fucking book no 
And then the coach is like, what is that smell? And they're all like, what are you talking about? We've all gotten used to it. And he's like, we're throwing this away. So he takes it and throws it away. And the whole team is like, oh my God. It was so funny. They better get a pig. I know this is fiction, but they better get a pig. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on to our discussion questions. What did you think about the different toxic relationship dynamics that played out in this book? So we have the narcissistic personality disorder, love bombing, and cheating, things like that. There was there was a lot. There was a lot. But I feel like L. Kennedy, she's one of my favorite authors. And she writes in a way that just it's it makes sense because not all of these are just simple things right there's so much that goes into it but she writes them in a way that makes sense and i feel like fits the story the characters so so fucking well like it's so planned out it did it was a little rough to read though because the toxic relationships in general just make me uncomfy um just being somebody who's been in toxic relationships and then like seeing things and i'm sitting there like as i'm seeing the red flags now because when you're in it you don't really see it i'm like no bitch no 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 (laughs) i'm like oh god is this what i was like is this what everybody in my life was doing with me (laughs) yeah i feel um i think that she did a very good job with displaying these because like you said they are not obvious to someone who is not in the relationship Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's done so well that you don't even notice yep so um As far as, like, the narcissism with Hunter's dad, um, unless you're in the situation, you don't know what's happening. Yep. And that's all I'm really going to say about that. Yep. Um, As far as the love bombing and the cheating, um, this is more Nico. What what exactly is love bombing? Like, the actual definition, like, what it is. Let me look it up because I don't want to get it wrong. I can tell you how I understand it, but. Okay, love bombing is an attempt to influence a person by demonstrations of affection and attention. It can be used in different ways, either positively or negatively. Um, It's a possible part of the cycle of abuse and have warned against it. So basically how I understand it is like basically in this book demi confronts nico about potentially cheating on her Mm -hmm. after what hunter says and he kind of has an explanation she believes him whatever but she makes a note of it that hunter is being extremely affectionate towards her holding her hand going out of her way out of his way to kind of reassure her that he's not lying Mm mm-hmm I don't know if that explains it, but that's kind of how I understand it is basically bombing them with love to make them think that they are wrong, not you. So kind of like gaslighting. Yes. Oh, that's how okay. I understand it could be completely wrong. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but I thought it was really interesting that she included that um, because that is obviously how a lot of people stay in cheating relationships. Um when it is a toxic relationship not to say that all cheating relationships are toxic right um but i thought it was a really interesting inclusion on the part of l kennedy Mm -hmm. do you think that demi was right about hunter not trusting himself to make the right decisions and that he 
and that that is why he made his vow of celibacy. <laughs> Fuck, I can't talk. Celibacy? This is like last night where I couldn't fucking type. Fuck. <laughs> okay, um... I think that Demi was right, that Hunter does not trust himself, and I think that comes from being part of a narcissistic family dynamic. Um, Obviously, we learn throughout this book that Hunter was part of a narcissistic family, um, and he kind of played the role of the scapegoat. I don't know what you know about narcissistic families, um, but I know quite a bit about them, so... That's all I really want to say on it. Um, Fair. I think it is right that Hunter was blaming himself. And I think that he makes that stipulation as well when he says that even after he starts having sex with Demi, his like the season didn't go down the drain. Like he was doing even better than before. And I think it's a lot of trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what about you? Um, I mean, she was right. I mean, he, that is why, I mean, he didn't trust himself not to make the right decisions. And he stated that in the beginning of the book. So, I mean, it is true. But I also think that the reason he thinks, because I don't think it's that he doesn't or like that he truly believes he can't. I think it's that because when you look at the way his mom like was saying, oh, don't get involved in adult things and stuff like that. I think a lot of that had to do with it. And like he, um, somehow along the way, he was convinced from somebody else, unfortunately, that he couldn't make the right decisions. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, she was right. I just I think that it was all is a little bit deeper than that. And it's I, I'm trying to figure out how to explain it without like going on to like a 50 minute explanation of why i'm saying what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) um no i think you did a good job thank you (laughs) um how did your thoughts on hunter change when you learned more about his backstory so hunter was a character like i didn't hate him but i like and i liked him i just didn't like absolutely love him but then kind of learning um like the backstory and everything i just i i do have a soft spot for hunter so while he's not, like, my absolute favorite character in the series, he is, like, I do love him very much. So it just, it, there's, I have a soft spot for him. I would agree. Um, I think that before we kind of learn about his backstory, he, you definitely don't really understand why he is so into this vow of celibacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's, like, really commendable, if that makes sense, to make such a vow i don't think that he made the vow with the right intentions Mm -hmm. um i think he misunderstood and blamed himself and that kind of seems to be what hunter does um which was really sad because it was like he didn't he didn't know he had no fucking clue she left with him yeah and he got his fucking wrist or wrist broken and then they lost the fucking game and that's just yeah he blamed himself and that was just so sad I'm sorry, I should probably let you finish the question. No, I totally agree. Because, like, and Demi makes a really good point of it. Obviously, there is cheating in this book, just like there kind of was cheating in the last book. Uh Uh-huh. But Demi makes a specific point to say that she does not blame Corinne for sleeping with Nico. Because, like, she wasn't the one that was telling her all, like that they're going to last forever and they're going to get married and that he, you love her and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was Nico that was doing those things and lying to her. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, 
come at me if you want. I've been on both sides of this cheating situation. Not that I have cheated, but I have been cheated with and I've been cheated on. And it is not... Fun. No. And I always... Like, I have never blamed the person that was cheated with. But I have been blamed as the person that was cheated with. Um, I think a lot of it goes... Because here's the thing. I have been cheated on. And the reason why I blame both parties is because the person that was cheated with knew. But only if they knew. Yeah. So I only blame them if they knew and they still made that decision because Mm -hmm. that's just a shitty thing to do to somebody. Especially. And then like, but I don't blame her as much as I blame him because he made it sound like we were fighting. We were having all these issues, whereas Mm -hmm. he just... It was, I'm, without getting into too much detail, because I don't want anybody that knows who it is to know, um, there was a lot of issues at that time going on that was related to a job thing. Um, so there was a lot of stress there and not opening up when there was that stress. Yeah. And so there was a lot of frustration, but we weren't... Like, he was telling me, oh, like, you know, everything's fine. We're good. We're good. Like, he was making plans. We were going to buy a house together. We were talking about getting married. Like, we had these conversations that were like, oh, this relationship is going to go further. Mm -hmm. So it's like I blame him more, but she still knew we were together. And that's where it's like, so that's where I think, you know, (sighs) I have a I have a bit of a different situation than you because I've as far as I know anyways I've never been cheated with, mm-hmm. um so, but I would never do it if I knew, mm-hmm. because I I know what it's like to be cheated on, yeah in a sense I don't know that's just kind of sorry I, I have no idea where we how we ended up here but we did me neither <laughs> and I was the one that did it so um, but anyway back to this. My thoughts on Hunter definitely deepened as far as how I thought he was a deeper character after learning this. Um, I'll kind of attach something later about this (laughs) in my overall thoughts about the book. But that's kind of my thoughts on it. Do you think Demi was justified in pushing Hunter to break his vow of celibacy? I can't say this word to save my life. (laughs) Feel free to leave that in there. Um, celibacy. There we go. I just have to like say perfect. every fucking syllable. God damn. <laughs> um, this one I have a really hard time with because I do not think that it was fair of her to basically push him out of what he was comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, he made the choice for a reason, whether it's good or a bad reason. And I think you should always respect other people's choices. 1000%. So... Whether or not you agree with them. So I thought that it was not fair of Demi to manipulate him in that way. Because that's what it is. It is manipulation. Mm -hmm. Do I agree that Hunter probably shouldn't have made said vow? Yes. But I don't think that it's her place to make that decision for him and push him in that way. I don't think that was fair at all. I agree with you. I... I think they were both, they're both very stubborn and they both wanted what they wanted. Um, and mm-hmm. instead of push of, or pushing him into it, she should have sat down and had a deeper conversation. Because, I mean, he was, he was willing to listen to her when she talked. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I just, I think 
there was a better way to go about it. I understand her point of view and I understand why he made it. And I think for him, it was important for him to keep that. And so Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, he was very upset after breaking. He was upset right after. And then he saw Demi laying there and then he was like, I'm not upset anymore. But even that still that moment of being upset because he had this vow and he had these goals and everything. And I think that, you know, for him, like for a moment, it was like, a, oh, my God, I, I, I can't keep my word. I can't I obviously yeah. can't make the right decision. So I think it happened and it, like it, you know, it worked out for them. But I don't I don't like how she pushed him into it. It was I very agree. it was very manipulative. It was very toxic in a way i guess when you look at it well she's mm-hmm. not necessarily a toxic person it was she a just, toxic action yeah she just she wanted what she wanted bad enough that she wasn't willing to accept hunter's um reasoning yeah which made me sad because i really liked I demi agree. i totally agree like i love demi as a character but mm-hmm. i thought that this choice did not reflect how i think she is as a person yeah I was I was very upset with her for a little bit with the pushing, but I mean I got over it. I love Demi. I will say yeah. I do love Demi, so what did you think about the pig situation? Dude. Obviously I think it's hilarious because I have the goddamn like uh, egg on my eye. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was so fucking funny. Like the fact that they wanted a pig, okay? Why the fuck? Would you get a pig as a team pet? You know what I'm saying? Like, what the hell? And then it just reminded me of Preppy. Like, it gave Preppy energy. And I was like, mm, that was funny as shit. Right. <laughs> um, also, I thought the coach was hilarious because he's like, when he talks about it, he's like, I thought y'all were going to fucking forget about this shit. And then now this pig is thinking up or this egg is thinking up my goddamn locker room. Um, I thought it was really funny. And then I thought it was so funny how seriously they took this and how they fucked with each other with this. I'd be like, feed me, feed me. Like Connor's like a mid bone session. And they're like, well, hey, he needs you. Like banging on his fucking <laughs> door they, and shit. And they took the egg to the party. And it falls in the fucking pool and they're like get big swim oh my god hunter you gotta get in and get him <laughs> he jumped in and got dude it was so funny i just i thought it was great comedic relief i thought it was hilarious what about you i just want to read this really quick bucky approaches the front row did you talk to the coach about it he demands while chewing on with his mouth open i play dumb about what the pig dude the pig echoes jesse wilkes a fellow junior he was on his phone but now he's focused on our conversation fuck i was hoping the subject would um would quietly be forgotten no not yet and i don't plan on it he basically his thoughts i want to add but i haven't found a way to finagle out of this one yet <laughs> and then hold on because when they ask coach that's the like that's my favorite part oh <laughs> um the meeting wraps up when coach claps his hand signaling that we can leave bucky instantly raises an arm and clears his throat loudly he glances over to shoot me a meaningful look shit coach's head lifts from his laptop what's going on the captain has something to say bucky announces <laughs> jensen's shrewd dark eyes um shift towards me 
Those eyes are uncannily like Brenna's, complete with the perpetual glint of mocking. Then again, he's her father, so... Davenport, he prompts. Uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm about to sound like a total moron, but I force myself to stand up and say, some of the guys want a pig. Coach's <laughs> eyebrows rise to his hairline. It's rare to catch the man off guard, but right now, he looks flabbergasted. A fucking what? I swallow a sigh. A pig. A teacup pig. Jesse Wilkes chimes in. A fucking what? Coach repeats. Here's the thing. I explain stupidly. Bucky's sister and brother-in-law just got a pig from a breeder in Vermont. Not a huge one, but a mini version. Apparently, they make great pets. They're like dogs, except they eat and shit more. <laughs> great way to convince him. I know. What is happening right now? Coach shakes his his head. What are you saying to me? I take another stab at an explanation. You know how some teams have mascots? The Darby College Rams have a billy goat that lives in the clubhouse behind their arena. Or the Coyotes down in Providence. They have a dog that's half wolf and everyone (laughs) takes turns housing him. Tabasco exclaims Senior (laughs) D-Man. I love that dog, Tree says happily. Did you know Tabasco can hump on command? Bucky says, sounding impressed. Our big fucking deal, Connor draws. I can do that too. (laughs) I fucking love Connor. Loud laughter rings out. Coach holds up his hand to silence everybody. Are you idiots asking me if you can have a pet? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Pretty much, I give him a pleading look. As the new captain, I've been asked to formally put forth the request. A room full of grown men are requesting a pet. <laughs> I nod. It'll be great for morale, Bucky insists. Think about it, coach. We could bring the pig out before games and he'll get the crowd all hyped up. Dude, it'll build so much excitement. <laughs> How does a pig hype up a crowd? Is he going to sing the national anthem, coach asks politely. Come on, coach, don't be silly, Con Mox. Everyone knows pigs can't sing. <laughs> you on board with this, Edwards? Coach is skeptical. Your team pig? Connor flashes a cheerful smile. I literally could not care less. We're all on board, Bucky argues. <laughs> coach replies, Jesus Christ, you're dumb a- or you dumbasses are serious. You honestly think that between the 30 of you, you can actually keep an animal alive? Hey, Matt protests. I've got two dogs at home. And where's your home? Minneapolis. <laughs> and where are you right now? Matt shuts up. <laughs> you're all full-time college students with intense athletic schedules and don't even get me started on your social lives. And you think you can take care of a living creature? I call bullshit. And this is how the egg comes about. I love it. I think it's I'm so I'm sorry. Funny. I had to read that whole thing because him trying to ask the coach and then like Bucky going, <coughs> Captain has something to say. <laughs> Such a coward. I love it. I know. Anyways, if you can't tell, we fucking love it. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like we need a clear trigger warning right here. Yes. Um, we'll be talking about the suicide situation for the next few minutes. So... If that is not something comfortable for you, please go ahead and skip like five minutes, maybe ten. Hey guys, post-episode Ashley here. Just wanted to let you know that if you're wanting to skip this part of the episode, but you still want to listen to the rest, you can go ahead and skip to 37 minutes and 50 seconds. That is where we are able to move on and kind of talk about the other parts of this book. Um, are we, We're going yeah. deep, deep on this one. I don't know how so, deep we're going. <laughs> gotcha. So... T- so TJ, just for clarification again, he was like convinced that like he was in love with Brenna and then he was <laughs> right. And then he was Demi or Demi. 
what the fuck? It's because I read Brenna earlier. Um, and she didn't want to be with him, right? That was that whole situation, if I remember yes. correctly. Okay. So, hold on. Obvious. I gotta ask the question. Oh, yeah. I thought you already asked it. My bad. <laughs> Thoughts about TJ and the suicide situation that happens at the end? It was a very, very dark and upsetting uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, obviously, as we learned earlier, there's a lot of different things that go on, mental illnesses, because, um, like, narcissism could be considered a mental illness in a way. Yeah. I've heard some psychologists describe it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's... Oh, some people I have noticed don't think that uh, when somebody's suicidal that there's like a deeper like thing with it. So I think it's first of all really sad that like not a lot of people picked up on TJ um, and his like the signs because there are signs to watch out for before like when somebody is suicidal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was really, really, really upsetting that nobody really picked up on that sooner. And then, um, cause he should, he should have had help. He should have received the help that he, he really needs and deserves a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. And it was just all, all of it. It just, it was a giant, when I say clusterfuck, I don't mean it in like a negative way. I just mean it, it was a clusterfuck of all these emotions, these illnesses, these just these bad, bad things going on that just it was a lot. So at one point, Demi is talking to a TJ and she's kind of racking her brain going through all of the signs that somebody is going to or is thinking about suicide. She is basically really upset. Because she doesn't feel like he was displaying any of these. That it was just his personality. Um, he's a very... He's not a social person. Um, he kind of has to be forced to go out. Um, doesn't really talk a whole lot. That kind of thing. That is a sign of depression though too. So that's... Again, goes back to mental illness. He should have had the help that he deserved. And that he should have... Like he, he needed. Yeah, and I think it was really hard. It's it's really hard because a lot of suicide signs can be interpreted and misinterpreted as part of somebody's personality or mm-hmm. like a bad day or something like that. Um, this kind of situation is really near and dear to my heart, um, and I won't really get into why, but... Um, it's really a tough situation to be a bystander. Um, and I completely understand that it is a tough situation mm-hmm. for the person that feels like this is the only option. Yes. Um, I, I am obviously very glad that Demi is able to speak with TJ and kind of get him to realize that this is not the only option. Um, unfortunately, that's not always the case. Um, I was honestly like kind of heartbroken about it um, because TJ TJ does change throughout the book and it's mm-hmm. very subtle. Yeah, and so I could absolutely see how someone would miss it and. 
it's even subtle to me that like having training in this and things like that, it just makes it all the more heartbreaking to not notice. Um, I think I might notice, I've noticed it a little bit more than a lot of people because I've mentioned in the past, in a couple past episodes, that I had gone through um, a suicidal point. And so I kind of picked up on those. I'm like, something's something's really off here. Something mm-hmm. is really, really not right. And that's where I think everybody needs, even if it's a complete stranger and, you know, somebody that you at least can talk to about something is really important. And then, like, just, you know, having somebody in your life that is pays enough attention. And I feel like we don't, as a as a society... I personally, at least from what I see, like just all around, I don't think we put enough awareness out about things that could potentially lead to suicide. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there needs to be a lot more awareness because then a lot more people can be aware and can, you know, see signs and just say, hey, you know, and like kind of pay more attention when certain things happen. I agree. Um, I have a really hard time with suicidal situations um and it just kind of it makes me feel like Demi is all that much more important um as a psychologist obviously her dad kind of comes to that conclusion as well um obviously guys please reach out if you or somebody you know is dealing with this we have both been on both sides of this situation so please reach out if you want to talk or go ahead and hit up that phone number um one more time it's 800-273-8255 all right moving on what were your thoughts on Demi's parents and how they handled the Nico situation here is my theory and I don't know if this was meant to happen this way or if I'm just talking out my ass but We spend a lot of this book talking about the project and narcissistic personalities. And my theory is that while her dad, Demi's dad, is not a narcissist, he does have some narcissistic traits, which is normal. A lot of people have traits of different mental illnesses um, that do not have this mental illness. Um, A couple of times, there is one time specifically where... Demi says that her father wants to save face in front of all of his friends and doesn't want to make problems and not present the perfect family that he thinks he has. And that's why they kind of push Demi to deal with Nico at Christmas and they don't really take into account her feelings, which I don't think is fair. Um, And I, I hated them for that, for... Because she said explicitly, this will hurt me. And they did it anyway. I don't think that's fair. Also, my dad. (laughs) When I told my dad, I told my dad two years after my boyfriend cheated on me that he cheated on me. My dad was extremely upset. Mm -hmm. So, like, it just makes me think, like, this isn't right. And my dad has loved all of my boyfriends. My dad is very nice and accepting. And he's always... To me and to my boyfriends, he never wants to influence me and my emotions, if that makes sense, as far as a relationship. Because he doesn't want to alienate me or 
dude, I'm talking to my dad, present tense. Oh my god. Um, that is how he always still was. There. He's, he's, <laughs> he's still a big part of your life, though, and he still influences your decisions today, so. Yeah. Um, so there's that. I don't, like, that's what kind of led me to think, like, this mindset isn't right. Um, also, when she confronts her parents about dating Hunter and changing her major. Hold on, I want to read this specifically because I think it goes really well. Um, when she brings up to her parents that she's dating Hunter, um, she says, I want you guys to know I'm officially dating Hunter. Silence. This is good news, I prompt, looking from one parent to the other. Mom is the first to speak. Okay, Marcus, what are your thoughts on this? You already know my thoughts. I don't think he's good for her. She nods deliberately before turning back to me. And that's it? I exclaim in disbelief. He says that and you just nod along like a little puppet? Mom frowns. Demi? It's true. You haven't even met Hunter. If your father says he's not good for you, then I agree with him. You haven't even met him. I spit out each word through clenched teeth that I suck in several breaths trying to calm myself. Seriously, mom, I'm so disappointed in you right now. Indignation darkens my mother's face. She opens her mouth and I know that Latina temper is about to be unleashed, but mine beats her to it. You're constantly letting dad dictate how you think. You yell and scream and throw temper tantrums when it's your stuff. Your kitchen, your wardrobe, your interests. But when it comes to important things, he has the run of the house and the run of your brain, apparently. Demi, my father rumbles. It's true, I insist, angrily shaking my head at her. You haven't even given Hunter a chance. I expected better from you. And you, I turn towards dad. You did meet him, and he was nothing but nice to you. He wasn't rude. He listened when you spoke, tried to pay for lunch. Because he's a rich boy, dad says snidely. No, because he's a nice person. And I'm really, really into him. You guys don't have to like him if you don't want to. That's fine. But he's going to be in my life either way. We're dating now, and it's serious between us. We've talked about going away for spring break and maybe Europe for the summer. Hunter will be in my life whether you like it or not. That's when she kind of tells them that she is not interested in going to med school. He says, her dad says, what does your new boyfriend think about this? He supports me 100%. Of course he does, dad sneers. Marcus, mom says sharply, and I look over at her in gratitude. Maybe what I said got through to her a little. Is he the one who talked you out of going to med school? My father demands. No, I told you I've been struggling with this forever. I made my own decision. Hunter supported them. Unlike you. Anyway, that's why I came home today. I wanted to tell you guys in person about the two very important life changes happening for me right now. I'm with somebody new and I'm pivoting career-wise. I'm sure there are a lot of interesting specialties within psychiatry, but that's not the path I want to take. She kind of leaves. Her mom follows her and says, you know your father, Demi. He's an alpha male. And you're right. I defer to him a lot. And I'm sorry for that. I should be forming my own opinion about your new boyfriend. They kind of agree to move forward. But that whole situation reminded me a lot of Hunter's father and his mother. How his mom has absolutely no say in what happens. Um, The whole thing just really reminded me of a narcissistic family dynamic and the fact that she kind of brings it up is really interesting so as i as i've gotten older um i have realized well obviously my parents aren't perfect nobody in life is perfect exactly um i 
got very lucky in the sense that I like the relationship between them and the way they do things is handled. For example, there is one of them does make more money than the other, but it's never I make this, you don't do this. So, you know, there's no holding that over. It's theirs. Mm -hmm. And while we do things like, oh, dad's truck, mom's car, that's just mainly what they drive so that when we see it's gone, we know roughly who's gone. Um, so as I've gotten older and I've met more people, talked with more people, that is not as common of a relationship and a dynamic between people as it should be. You're correct. Oftentimes it is more so the male that is the provider, the uh, protector, that kind of thing. And the woman basically is, while we've come a long way as a society, we've definitely not been where we should be. So it's very much, there is still much of that dynamic that is a very big thing as far as that. So this is, it's a hard when I read about like people's parents being like this. And then also a lot of parents I've also noticed because where my parents were very much, oh, this is what you want to do. This is this is my thoughts on it. This is what I think you should do or this is why I think you shouldn't do that. But you need to make your own decisions. Mm -hmm. Obviously, unless it was like something that was going to like cause me to get in a shit ton of trouble or get hurt or whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas a lot of my my friends, they there it was very much the attitude of the parent knows best. You'll do what the parent says. Mm -hmm. So I have a harder time reading and like fully getting like connected to books where the the parents relationship is like this because i i've not experienced it's not normal for me yeah to me that's like what what the fuck i thought every family was like my family <laughs> so i just instantly and i'm sure you know if i grew up in a different like in a situation similar to this i probably would have been like oh that's normal but for me, I I just I did not like her parents. And part of me kind of wished we were reading a mafia book where bad things would have happened to him. Yeah, because I was kind of like, you guys aren't really adding any value to her life. And then also the way he was looking down on um, psychiatry. I was like psychology, psychology. That's my bad. The difference is do you have a medical degree. So, like, it's a different school. I thought she wanted to be a psychiatrist. She wants to be a psychologist, which is a PhD, is what she wants to earn. So, she will still be a doctor, but he does not. Un he thinks that they aren't real doctors and is very stigmatized about it. My brain didn't pick up that slight difference in the wording when she was saying them earlier. Sorry. Literally, okay, anyways. the only, <laughs> like, reason I know the big difference is because I'm in that, like, the medical field. Normally, I can pick up just, like, the with the difference, but I'm just, my brain's off. We didn't get much sleep last night. <laughs> yes. Um, anyways, so um, with psychology and the like, because like what Ashley was saying is he very much didn't think that they were real doctors. It wasn't important. That mm -hmm. kind of thing. Whereas I would argue that case because she like the ending of this book with TJ, they can help in a lot of other dangerous situations, whereas doctors who do surgery give you med or like meds to like for pain and shit they can't they can't really that's not their specialty yeah so it really yeah, i would just her parents really 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 fucking pissed me off i agree because i obviously we had very similar parents um yep. so it was very much you make your decisions 
I will tell you my thoughts on your decisions, but they're your decisions. And it's definitely changed as I grow up. It is okay to set boundaries with your parents. Just because they're older, they've lived more life, and that they've taken care of you for the 18 years, which, by the way, is required. Kind of have to. Yeah. They chose to have kids that they made their decision. But either way, it's okay because you are your own person. You mm-hmm. don't have to do what your parents say. Even though it's hard, it's worth it. And I think I so going back to the parents thing and how my thoughts on the parents, I also think that her parents probably had a very similar childhood and experienced a lot of things similar to what she did that she didn't like because a lot of these things are learned Mm -hmm. and a lot of people do end up doing very similar things to their parents and having relationships very similar to their parents. Yes. And that's where I think a lot of my relationships haven't really worked out the best because my relationship or the way I see my parents, like a lot of people honestly would probably look at my parents and be like, what the fuck? How are you guys married? (laughs) Um, Like you guys don't act like you love each other. It's just they have their own type of banter and stuff. But I so I don't it's I don't want to put it all completely on her on her parents. I think a lot of it was their parents and then going back, you know, because you learn Mm -hmm. from your parents. You do tend to become very similar to them as you grow up. I do like, however, though, at the end, her dad did come around and like within watching her with TJ, yeah. that that made me feel a lot better with the ending of the book. Had it just left it where there was still that issue or whatever and he didn't come around, I probably would have different, like a way more aggressive feelings about him. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. Okay. What were your overall thoughts about the book, Lexi? I really enjoyed this book. I did. I do too. Even though while I I harped on it a little bit about in the beginning and going, uh, I don't remember it. I do. I did really like this book. That is one thing I do remember. (laughs) Yes. Let's be completely honest. And um, I love, I have loved up to this point. I have absolutely loved every single L. Kennedy book that I have ever read. I've read Briar U off campus. And then there is also one other book that I did read um, that was on KU that I did really, really love. Um, I just, I, I love the writing style. I just love the way the characters are developed, the situations within them, how the situations are written. Mm -hmm. And then also bringing in a lot of sometimes controversial things, but doing it in a way that that, makes it controversial. Yes. And it's very specific to the character and it fit like whatever decision is made fits the character and how they are and what's going on in their life. So, okay. I have a couple of things that I kind of want to talk about that were stated explicitly here. One, there doesn't need to be something wrong with you or anybody for you to benefit from therapy. We are big advocates of therapy, okay? Nothing is wrong yep. with going to therapy. Nope. I thousand percent believe it. For me, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'll spread my dirty laundry, but I'm not gonna spread Ashley's private life all over. Because <laughs> um, I've stated in the past before and we published the episode so I'm comfortable with it even though I went for a very specific traumatic experience that I went through I still even though I've gotten to a point where that's for the most part I can handle that and I've been able to deal with it on my own I am probably not probably I am going to go back see my therapist just you know do check-ins make sure everything's good just therapy in general it's not bad it doesn't make you weak I know a lot of people want to put that um, look on therapy 
it does not mean something's wrong with you, you're broken, or that you're weak. In fact, I honestly think going to therapy, as long as you find a good therapist, um, just being able to make sure your all overall your thought process, your mental health is good. And just it is also nice to be able, if there is a situation and you're trying to figure out how to do it, to have that professional outlook. Neutral third party. Yeah. So yeah, like Ashley said, big, big, big advocates for therapy. Um, another one I have when she goes to tell her parents that her and Nico broke up, her mom being like, Oh my god, you're pregnant. Marcus, she's pregnant. Because I swear to God, every conversation that Jacob and I have with like parents, the first thing we have to say is, We're not pregnant. Like, we're not having a child. This is what's going on. One of my my ex's uh, mom for Christmas one year, we'd put on because I had just for the um, gifts put like to mom or whatever mm-hmm. from both of us and then I was like okay so I changed it to mama last name and so as soon as she got her gift she's like oh, you're pregnant I'm like no 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 yeah I feel <laughs> so at Christmas Nico tries to hug Demi and she says let's not do that and he says come on Demi and she kind of gets an out um I love boundaries. Boundaries is something that I struggle with as a person. Um, I have struggled a lot in the past. Yeah. So I still struggle today. The fact that she was like, I'm not comfortable with that. Let's not do that. The choice was kind of taken away from her to be there, but she handles it very well. And I really like that. For everybody, too, I just want to put this. You struggle with boundaries and you're learning on how to do, like, set those boundaries. Me, personally... I went from not knowing how to do boundaries, so I had no boundaries whatsoever. Even if I was uncomfortable with something, I didn't set boundaries because I didn't know how. Then it went to me being extremely aggressive with boundaries to the point where like everybody's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? To now it kind of bounces back and forth. It's okay to kind of bounce and like figure out where it is right. And so I think that was one thing I wish we kind of saw a little bit more was that back and forth trying to figure out where the boundaries was right mm-hmm. with all of these situations in particular going on here. Yeah, I think it is a hard thing to do. Like I just said, I struggle with boundaries. Um, that is something that I'm actually working on in therapy. Um, but feeling comfortable with boundaries is something that I struggle with. And I really liked that she was able to confidently send, set a boundary and stick with the boundary. Um, It is very hard to set boundaries, especially if you're not used to it. It is hard to feel comfortable with it. (laughs) My last overall thought on this book is I almost wish that there had been more of the interactions that we saw between Hunter and his family and how that could have changed throughout all of this. I wish that was more part of the book, but I think that would have made the book like a million times longer. A lot more stressful and a lot just... So I understand why it isn't like included, but I almost wish that was... I don't think, was his, what was, like, at the ending, how it ended, what was his relationship with his family? So it still wasn't great, was it? It was the same as the beginning. Yeah, so I think at that point, I I honestly, truly, though, I don't think that, other than maybe with his mom, depending upon how much control the dad has over those particular interactions, like, there's, because there's times where the narcissist the abuser whatever term it is going to be for the particular situation isn't constantly there Mm -hmm. 
So there could have been times where maybe they built a relationship. But I think as far as like with as long as the dad was going to be involved, I don't think there was really any way for this relationship to go any different. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to current reads and watches. Lexi, you go first. I finally finished Hideaway by Penelope Douglas. <laughs> um, this one and then the next one I'm going to talk about. Um, I kind of got to a point where the, the book kind of felt like it stalled a little bit. Um, had I gone a couple more chapters further, I would have been hooked. So I did finish Hideaway by Penelope Douglas. And then I finished A Ruin of Roses by K.F. Breen? Breeny? I don't know how to say that. I'm so sorry. Um, I started and I got about 30% of the way through A Throne of Ruin, which is book two of the, um, I can't remember the series name, but by K.F. Breen. Um, oh my God, so good. It kind of gives me Akatar from Blood and Ash, um, What Lays Beyond the what Veil. What Lays Beyond the Veil, yeah. Vibes. And Zodiac, a little bit of Zodiac Academy because there's a dragon. <laughs> I love dragons. Um, anyways. Darius will forever be my one of my favorite book boyfriends not my all-time favorite but one of them anyways um then because we gotta add this in here I had I wanted to watch the 365 days this day movie um so I was like hey should we wait till I come visit which is in like a week and a half or I think it might be a little more than that <laughs> two weeks. or there's, it's a little less than two weeks I, I look every time I go to work, I move the mouse over the day and I'm like, oh, because it gives me the exact weeks bro, um, week and a half, bro. <laughs> fuck yeah. OK, anyways. So I was like, should we wait until then or should we do the Netflix watch party thing? Fun fact, neither one of us have ever done that. So that was a nope. shit show. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little bit of a shit show. Um, but we watched three or 365 days and then also 365 days this day last night. That if was you want to talk stressful. about it, please message us because we have lots of feelings, okay? Oh, fucking God. The entire chat was us talking to the characters. Other than oh, the, yeah. fir the first one was us talking to each other. Like just a rewatch. And then exposing it was like, ourselves fuck. to each other. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> like hardcore exposing ourselves. Anyways, the second or the second one was just, oh my God, that was stressful. We had to pause. What was it? It, was, it, even, it was about halfway through. We paused and I, or I knew as soon as Ashley paused it, I knew I was going to get a FaceTime. So she FaceTimed me and then we sat there and then she had to not watch. She watched, I think she watched my face while, <laughs> while the video was playing to get yeah, past bro, this I particular like, part. I will not watch this. This is not what I ship. I'm not being a part of this. Now we're going to have to learn what language is the book in? Polish. We're going to learn Polish real quick so we can read the third book. So there's that. Um, I feel like you're better at language, so why don't you learn it, and then you can read it to me, and I'll translate, and then there we go. I know, a, we can solid, I know a solid language and a half, so. Better than me. Then I can introduce myself in sign language. I barely know one language. Anyways. <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying. I, I want to learn sign language. Oh, I really do want to learn sign language, though. That is something I'm actually really interested in. I wish okay, I took, what other books I wish are I, you reading? Okay, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say one thing. God. Um, I'm going to read the words by... The name on the book is A. Jade, but Kindle also tells me Ashley Jade. It's probably the same person if you look at the initials. Um, then I'm going to read Kill Switch by Penelope Douglas. And then Wicked is the Reaper by Nisha. 
A. Tooley. I hope I said that right. My other, I will, I'm going to add one more book on here. This one is a maybe because I clearly am horrible at keeping my word when it's more than like four books. <laughs> um, I want to get started in the first one um, of the Callaway Sisters. If you don't know yet, I'm reading the Addicted series and Callaway Sisters in tandem the way the authors or recommend and so the next book uh, that I need to read is the first one in Callaway Sisters and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but the authors are Krista and Becca Ritchie definitely 10 out of 10 so far recommend the series absolutely go read it very 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 well written okay um books I read this week Hear Me Out by Lila Rose I finished it um this is the one that I absolutely love um M.M. Uh, one of the characters is deaf. Um, he goes deaf kind of at the beginning due to a motorcycle accident. Um, it's part of the Hawks MC Caroline Springs charter. The next one that I read is Breakout, which is the next book after Hear Me Out. Um, another one in Hawks MC Caroline Springs charter. I really love that series. Please go read it. Um, I still need to read Yes, you do, bitch. Oh, wait, okay. you said they were short books, didn't you? They're really short. Okay, I'll add the first one in that series onto my list. I won't tell you right now because you're doing yours, but just, it'll be done. Okay, it's called Finding Out. Okay, um, so the next one I read is Chasing Love by Kat T. Mason. It is book one in the Dark Love series. And listen to this fuck up that I did this week. Oh, is this the book? <laughs> yes. So... This week, the second book of the Praise series, Salacious Players Club, the second book came out. Okay. I didn't realize I clicked on the wrong book. Okay. So I thought this was book two. This book I did not like. And I will tell you exactly why. Because the whole book is cheating. Okay. That was really hard for me. I don't like that. Then... It was past and present. And I have a love-hate relationship with past and present books. I don't like going back and forth in times. Just give it to me chronologically so that I understand what's going on. That's my preferred way to read. Um, I will not be continuing this even though I ended on a cliffhanger. I really don't care. Um, it really she made was, me mad because was of all the so cheating. Fucking, she was so fucking pissed when she texted me. I was really and mad. And then, then when we found out, she was like... Well, I'm already at 96, or no, she found out afterwards, and she's like, I'm at 96%, and then she's, like, giving me an update. She goes, might as well finish, it. and then afterwards she realized, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so that was a fuck up on my part. Will not be continuing. Go ahead and read it if you want. Um, it's second chance romance. Okay, next I read Sin by Serena What Ackroyd. kind of fucking second chance romance has a shit ton of cheating? Because the first time he's cheating on his wife, and the second time she's cheating on her fiancé. Oh my god. I was mad. I'm not a fan. Um, next, I read Sin by Serena Ackroyd. I think it's book three in the Dark and Dirty Sinners MC. Um, You're really, really good. going at it with all these MC books. Dude, I love MCs. Um, it's really good. I really like it. Um, this one had a lot more than just like the dual point of view. There was like seven points of view. Um, and it was really cool. There were some really awesome plot points that I think are going to be brought up throughout the whole series. Um, next, I read Eyes on Me by Sarah Kate. This one was the actual second book in the Praise series, Salacious Players Club series. Okay. 
it was really good. We've got voyeur and exhibitionism. Um, it was good. It's also a stepbrother stepsister romance, which can sometimes kind of be weird. It's also age gap because there's a 13 year age gap between them. The only time it's weird for me is when there's like the parents had a child together and then there's a half sibling. That's the only time it freaks me out. Um, I also, I really like this book because it had a really great mental health representation. He has really, really bad depression. Um, and I think the male having depression isn't as common as I would like it to be. So I really liked it. Um, next I read Heat Haven by Sarah Blue and Ashley Bennett. This was book one in the Heat Heaven Omegaverse series. Yes, sometimes I read Omegaverse. Sometimes that's just what I'm feeling. Uh, what is Omegaverse? It's like with uh, shifters. Oh, I'm really exposing myself here. So in this series, um, there's this place. It's a. It's called Heat Haven. And when Omegas go into heat, um, they kind of provide a place for them to get their um, sexual and emotional needs. And then they get those needs from an alpha or a beta and they like have to pay for memberships and whatever it's awesome they meet in like the elevator right before she starts her heat um and he kind of helps her they kind of start to form a pack it's really cute it's only like 150 pages okay um next i read (laughs) we watched the 365 days and this day movies we already talked about that current reads House of Sky and Breath. I am now on part two. So I am so proud of you. I am working through this book. Okay. Um, next, The Witch of the Prophecy by Victoria Jane. I'm like chapter three or four. Do um, you mean pornography or pornography? I can't <clears throat> fucking talk. Yes. You know what I meant. At TikTok. Okay. Um, I am still reading This Day by Blanca Lipinska. Um, that's the book that, for the movie we just watched. Because I want to know if this shit happens in the actual book. Okay. Next, I am reading Steel by Serena Ackroyd. This is book four in the Dark and Dirty Sinners MC. I'm really excited to be getting on, like, the further books. Because there's some books that are being set up now. And I'm really excited to read those. Um, Also, this week, I started watching Sons of Anarchy with my boyfriend. Where where are you watching it at? Because they took it off Netflix. Hulu? Okay, because I never got to finish it. Yeah, I'm really liking it. It's really good. Um, it starts to, yeah, after a little bit, it starts to get, like, really, come on. You're dragging this out. Yeah, it's really intense. Just a heads up. Um, Just a heads up. <laughs> but, yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to right now. Um, social media, if you want to hit us up, see our book looks, uh, chat about this book or any other books that you want to have us talk about, uh, let us know. TikTok is blues.library and Instagram is blues.library and blues.library podcast. Next week's book. What are we doing, Lexi? Oh my god, only the fucking cutest book ever. One of my favorites. Um, One Percent of You by Michelle Gross. Grumpy Sunshine. I'm so for it. Fucking love it. Okay. I'm so um, excited to reread it. You guys all have a great week. Um, Be safe out there. Wear your seatbelt. Talk to somebody you trust if you need to. Yep. Talk to us if you need to. Um, uh, don't do illegal drugs. Wear a condom. Carry pepper spray. Don't kill anybody. Protect yourself. Y'all have a good week. Bye. <laughs> Wait. Bye.